Hello everybody, my name is Ray. Welcome to the Evangelical Dark Web. Today we got some good news to report and that good news is the fact that majority of the pro-life movement actually believes that the mother is responsible for killing her child morally and should be held accountable for that. So we're going to be talking about that good news and in doing so we're also going to own Christianity today for trying to claim that Real pro-life people are a fringe minority of the pro-life movement. So we're going to be wading into the uh, incrementalist versus abolitionist debate as it relates to abortion. Now, let me just disclose my uh, stance. I would lean more towards the abolitionist side of things. Now, however, I'm not going to vote. I would not vote against any pro-life legislation. Even if it advances the ball only a little, unless, you know, it's something that's just a welfare project, because that's not really what the pro-life movement stands for. And, uh, but anything that does reduce actual, does actually reduce abortions is worth voting for, so long as it's not extortion, because that's not the government's role. Uh, that being said, what the incremental, or what the abolitionists really take issue is, with is the fact that, in committee levels, good pro-life legislation, legislation that would outlaw and criminalize abortion, is sacked, is tabled, is defeated in favor of weaker pro-life legislation. And then, of course, this allows the groups that are pro-life to continuously fundraise in order to make incremental progress when they already had the votes to make sweeping progress that is the issue with incrementalism and uh, I, I believe that abolitionism is put into a straw man that does not take into account that dynamic so before we continue don't forget to like the video also subscribe to the channel we're going to be using a, a Christianity Today article to kind of highlight this story and the reason why we're using this is because I discovered this fact in this Christianity Today article because here's a self-ownage moment. They basically try to paint those who believe that the women that women who get abortions should be held criminally accountable as a fringe minority. And maybe at the at society level at large, they are. But in the pro-life movement, they are not. And they cite data to make their point, but the data says the opposite of what Christianity or compromise today is trying to argue here so this is an article published august 1st it is now august 2nd and the overturning of roe v wade has brought new attention to a small but growing group of pro-life christians who identify as abortion abolitionist this vocal minority rejects incremental steps towards outlawing abortion and reserves strong criticism for those who accept anything other than a federal ban equipped with criminal penalties for all involved. Um, I'm sure people in the abolitionist camp would accept state level, ca uh, state level, but obviously the end goal is for abortion to be illegal nationwide. I think this is a straw man to say that they'll accept zero progress. The problem is that the progress that incrementalists do accept often comes at the expense of better progress. I believe the position that I'm articulating is probably closest and best described as smash mouth incrementalism. 
But I digress because I believe the Smash Mouth incrementalists and the abolitionists are pretty much aligned on this debate because the pro-life feminists, and that's what these people are, they're feminists first. They're not actually pro-life. They're feminist. They're the ones attacking me there and trying to drum up this issue. And Christianity Today, Compromise Today is doing the exact same thing. They're totally taking a feminist position, and they have a lot of quotes in this article that really articulate that. So the impetus for this article appears to be a recent documentary called The End Abortion Now that was put together by Apologia uh, Ministry, I think. And uh, Tom Askell, they have a quote from him, and basically talking about how uh, life begins at conception. So they talk about the Southern Baptist Convention a lot, specifically Brent Leatherwood defending uh, and perverting God's justice, defending the non-sinfulness of a woman killing her own child. And then it also has Denny Burke doing the same thing because Denny Burke, and I did an article on this, perverted God's justice. I believe I wrote that article while I was on a YouTube band, so didn't do a video on it. Uh, so fast forward, Dobbs has been uh, gone into effect, and there's a lot of organizations cited in this. Some are good, some are bad. We, we believe that if full abolition of abortion is possible, then incrementalist and abolition mean the exact same thing. And that's just one person uh, seeking a compromise, I guess. And I would agree with that. She noted that abolitionists seek laws that would cause society to backtrack because they will easily turn into injunctions and go to the Supreme Court. Already abortion bans in several states have been temporary blo temporarily blocked by lawsuits. But it was a more abolitionist posture that got us to the Supreme Court in the first place. If it wasn't Mississippi versus Dobbs, which isn't the strongest pro-life bill that has been passed by state legislatures, but nonetheless is a solid uh, step in the right direction. Uh, and, you know, if the, if the most, if you only had the votes for 15-week ban, then you do the 15-week ban. But if you have the votes for a heartbeat bill and only do a 15-week ban, that's an issue. And I think that's what we see in a lot of Republican legislatures. So... That's, that's the point that I'm trying to make, and that's not a point that I can make enough in this video, I don't think. Most pro-life Christians also want to address societal factors that lead to abortion and care for women as second victims when they choose to abort. No, that is not true. That is not true. Abolitionists, however, are more likely to see them as perpetrators along with the abortionists who perform the procedures. And we're, gonna, we're about to see the data that shows that majority of the pro-life movement sees the woman as the perpetrator of abortion. We're about to see the data that shows that. It might not be a majority of society. I think majority of society sees women as the second victim. But majority of the pro-life movement, which does consist of Christians, and even a more ecumenical uh, broadening of that term, also, you know, Catholics, Protestants, Eastern Orthodox, and so on and so forth. Um, you know, that that's largely what the uh, religious right and the pro-life movement consist of. Uh, Big Eva, which would include Christianity or Compromise Day, the Gospel Coalition, they don't represent the grassroots, and, they, and neither do a lot of these pro-life, supposedly pro-life organizations. 
we're about to see how they are actually articulating a false viewpoint. I don't think they have a study that says that majority of the pro-life movement believes in expanding social welfare systems as though pre crisis pregnancy centers don't already exist. So majority of the pro-life movement does not view women as second victims. Abolition. Okay, I already read that. Some abolitionists also reject humane exceptions like abortion permitted to save a mother's life because abortion doesn't actually save the mother's life. If the mother's life is in danger because of the pregnancy, you do a treatment on the mother like chemotherapy that might harm the baby, but that would not be an abortion. Similarly, removing a, um, removing a, a stillborn is via C-section or even a process that's similar to an abortion is not an abortion. Because abortion is the intentional ending of a pregnancy. If a pregnancy has already been terminated for whatever reason, naturally, it is not an abortion to remove the stillborn. That's just common sense, but nonetheless, we have to hear about these false narratives articulated on a daily basis if you follow the pro-life movement and the media reaction to the pro-life victory that we saw in the Supreme Court. Many women who have abortions are pressured to abort by abusive partners, by family members, through dire economic circumstances. Statistics don't back that up. Uh, senior Legislative Director of the, for the Human Coalition. Now, the Human Coalition is a big EVA organization on their advisory council. includes Danny Aiken of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, the wokest of the Southern Baptist Seminaries, and also Tony Evans is also a name on there. Just throwing that out there. Uh, you know, because people freak out if you say anything bad about Tony Evans, so I'm throwing that out there just because. <laughs> uh, a national pro-life organization, these women need care, compassion, and support, not punishment. And again, majority of the pro-life movement actually disagrees. The abortion industry, which disproportionately impacts vulnerable demographics, black women, for example, abort at four times the rate of white women. See how they capitalize the black but not the white? because that's woke, is the target of pro-lifers' ire. Right. Uh, they should be held accountable for taking advantage of vulnerable women, as well as abusive partners who push them to abort, says Yeoman, or is that Yeoman? I don't know. Uh, the senior director for the Human Coalition. SBC leaders made it clear at this year's meeting that they do not support criminal penalties against women. Again, they made this clear at the expense of what the majority of the pro-life movement actually believes. You are not going to get me to say I want to throw women or mothers behind bars. Uh, well, they'd be mothers of murdered babies on their own hand. Uh, Leatherwood's comments align with the dominant narrative of the pro-life movement. Again, we're about to see how it's not because they cite the data. <laughs> they cite this data later in the article, so we're building up to it. Uh, which has always been compassion and care and for pre- and post-abortive movement. Uh, women, no one hasn't. Uh, abortion abolitionists, however, say this position is heretical, not Christian, and that incremental attempts to eliminate abortion are unbiblical. Now, uh, man, it was uh, John Harris who had a guy on his show recently who talked about how, you know, believing that life doesn't begin at conception is to believe that while Jesus was in the womb, he was fully God, but not fully man. So that, that was kind of an interesting Christological argument for the humanity of the unborn. A very good video. You should watch that. Uh, 
it's not a personal feeling. It's a moral absolute. And the quote, this is from a abolitionist. We are not making religious decisions, but scientific ones. And so this guy doesn't, uh, I guess, go completely all moral, but he's, you know, again, he's being pragmatic in what abortion actually is and taking beliefs to the logical conclusion. Um, another uh, abolitionist says in the article, we should stop using euphemisms and be forthright what with what our goals are. And I totally believe that. The complete and total end of abortion, period. There it is. There it is. It's not to make abortion unthinkable. It's not to make abortion unnecessary, ERLC. Uh, Southern Baptist Convention believes both those things that I just said. No, it's to make abortion criminal. It's to make abortion illegal. Um, and for all parties involved. Though he's an abolitionist, uh, this guy apparently doesn't hold the view that women should be charged with a crime either. Many in the movement do support uh, holding women responsible in the same in the name of equal justice however so it's trying to say that many in the movement do and it's trying to say that this is only the abolitionist movement uh i would actually say majority of the pro-life movement does believe this equal justice is a prevailing phrase in the movement a call to provide a consistent application of christian belief that every human being bears the image of god and deserves legal protection that's what alan miracle a representative of the group, group Abolish Human Abortion said he stands for in holding women accountable. Miracle, Miracle, I keep wanting to say miracle, but it's not. I'm being dyslexic here. Told Christianity Today, Compromise Today, that mothers shouldn't be treated as helpless, innocent victims. Rather, they must take responsibility for their actions. Miracle viewed the Supreme Court's overturning of Roe v. Wade not as a victory, but as an on going demonstration of the tyranny of, and wickedness and they didn't abolish abortion completely and again we take the wins where we get the wins uh, again wars aren't won overnight i understand that maybe not everyone understands that i understand that wars aren't won overnight you need a major victory and then uh you clean up on the route so they could have said that abortion was legal, so let's just skip. Uh, Pro-life representatives are quick to push back on the abortion abolition narrative. Again, these people are at the elite level, but they do not represent the entire movement. In fact, they depart from the movement on this critical question of whether women actually commit murder when they get abortions. Uh, so it talks about the 70 pro-life allies, supposedly pro-life organizations that uh, oppose the Louisiana bill. I believe I already did a video on that, so I don't need to go over that again. Uh, juries at that time considered them victims and sought only to punish abortion providers. So the view that abortive mothers as criminal is rather new. Actually, it's not. Abortive mothers, uh, that, that actually dates further back to common law and history before that. Uh, again, I was doing research on execution methods, and it was uh, impaling uh and it talked about how on Wikipedia's impaling page, it talked about how in Hungary, uh, back in the Middle Ages, they in medieval Hungary they impaled a woman for infanticide, which would include abortion. So clearly, the idea of not punishing women, I think, is actually newer 
than punishing the abortion doctor because there weren't always abortion doctors. So the SBC's decision not to allow the abolition resolution to the floor shows their resistance, which is importantly given their masses massive influence as the largest non-Catholic denomination in the country. Prominent SBC pastor and professor Denny Burke urged Christians away from abolitionists. Again, Denny Burke perverted God's justice as a pastor when he did this. That was an evil article that Denny Burke wrote. I wrote about it at the time. Uh, check that out as well. But check out the companion piece article to this article because that should have the links there. So... Here, here's the kicker. Here's the climax of our article here. The abortion, the abolitionist stance for criminalizing the actions of abortive mothers is perhaps the most controversial of positions, one that a majority of pro-lifers reject. Pew Research Center, Pew Research Center found that only 14% of women would support jail time. 14% uh, of Americans would support jail time for a woman in the case of an illegal abortion. This is, a, this is a fake narrative that they're putting on this quote. We're going to go into that study because that study does not say what they say that it just said. They just lied there. They lied there. And here's a quote. It is our desire for justice for the child. We can't forget the needs of the mother and her value of the person. Seeing, and this is uh, Lauren McAfee, uh, who, the Stand for Life and a CT Compromise Today board member. Seeing the mother as a villain does not uphold and apply the full understanding of the Imago Dei. Actually, not criminalizing the mother for killing her own child does not recognize the full Imago Dei of the undead, or uh, not undead, of the unborn child who was murdered. Despite the strong difference in opinion regarding how to eliminate abortion, some pro-lifers retreat, retreat from criticizing allies in the comprehensive anti-abortion movement. They worry disunity may distract from their ultimate goal of fewer abortions. How about zero abortions? That's the ultimate goal. Some told CT they were even concerned about highlighting ab abolitionists in their news coverage. Why are you even giving these people coverage? That's how much they want to suppress these elites, want to suppress the actual pro-life movement. Though there are no punished prominent national pro-life groups that support abolitionist tactics, abolitionist influence could grow in light of the Supreme Court's recent decision, hopefully. Experts say they'll be looking for how abolitionist stances influence pro-life platforms in coming elections, hopefully a lot. So let's break into this study by Pew Research Center, and it shows that 61% of Americans are unabashedly pro-abortion uh, maybe pro-abortion with exceptions, but majority of Americans here are pro-abortion with exceptions. 37% uh, are pro-life, and in many cases, there are unfortunate exception, exceptions. But, you know, a major, overwhelming majority of Americans are pro-abortion, maybe with exceptions. So this is the same pool being uh, 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 surveyed here. Uh, human life begins as conception. That's like 33% apparently. Uh, this, uh, or 38% I would say. Sorry. And then let's actually, so legal, illegal in all most cases. Let's actually use this. We're going to use this metric to really define who's actually pro-life versus who's just an establishmentarian Republican type. That because that is actually where this is where the rubber actually hits 
the road. Who is really pro-life? And this is a 2022 survey done by the Pew Research Center. So let's uh, actually get it uh, sized here. So majority, and this is the headline, majority of adults say a doctor who performs an abortion in a situation where it is illegal. So it could be illegal for any reason. It could be, you know, uh, past viability. It could be illegal because it's illegal entirely or it could be a eugenics situation. Either way, if it's illegal, who actually do they believe is the murderer? So majority of adults say that a doctor uh, should be punished. And that is 60%. Some penalties. And that is 25% jail time, 18% community service, 70, 17% unsure, but that adds up to 60%. Okay. Uh, that's actually pretty impressive given how majority of the country is pro-abortion with exceptions. It just shows how pliable people are to the status quo. And if we change the status quo in this country, the statistics and people's public opinion on the issue of abortion will dramatically shift. So the woman who had the abortion, 14% jail time, 16% community service, 17% not sure, adds up to 47%. This is a 13% drop. So 13% drop. However, we need to actually take things into account. Uh, and then it also goes into should face the penalties, uh, the person who helped pay for the abortion, and then the person who helped find, schedule the abortion. So all parties involved. And you see how uh, 43%, that's down from 47%, believes that the person who helped pay for it should face penalties. And then down from 43% is 41%, the person who helped find slash schedule the abortion. That one I understand because that's a little harder to define versus a money paper trail at here but you can see how it's a descending order of penalties so let's get down to what this actually is saying so let's look at the jail time numbers specifically because i don't think there's a person who believes that the woman who had an abortion should be punished but does not believe that the doctor should be punished the point of the christian or compromise today article is to say that the pro-life movement only believes that the doctor should be punished and not the, not the woman who murdered her own child. However, when you break down the stats, majority of the people that believe the doctor should be punished also believe that the woman should be punished. Majority. So that's really just saying that the majority... And if you don't believe that the doctor should be punished, you're not really pro-life. You're not really pro-life. So let's break down let let's break this down even more because they broke it down for us nicely. Uh, it's sixty percent to forty seven percent. So let's start at the macro here. Forty seven is a majority of sixty because I believe every one of those forty seven people out of a hundred for every hundred also was part of that sixty. So you had thirteen you had thirteen people say I'm out, I'm tapping out here. And again, when this same data showed that majority of people were pro-abortion, maybe with exceptions, this is pretty promising. Only a 13% difference. Uh, you had a super majority. You had a majority, maybe not a super majority, but a uh, distinct majority wanting punishment for the doctors, and then barely outside or within a margin of error, perhaps 
uh, minority believing that women should be punished if abortion were to become illegal. Pretty promising. Uh, and then let's look at where the drop really is, and that's jail time. That's where we see the most significant drop. It goes from 25% to 14%. But wait, 14 is a majority of 25. So, again, if the, we extrapolate that 25% that believe the doctor should go to jail for murdering a child, uh, 14, if that's 25 people, 14 out of those 25 people believe that the woman should also go to jail and that 11 don't. So we have a decisive majority. It's not even a 13 to 12. It is a 14 to 11 majority says that the woman should also be punished. And then community service, 18% to 16%. So we had a 2% drop. And then not sure is a 17% consistency. But isn't that amazing? Majority of the pro-life movement, majority of the people that are actually pro-life believe that the woman who had an abortion should be punished. That is, if the doctor is also punished. Now, they might disagree on the severity, but we can have that debate. And I think we have that debate. We'll win the debate because the logic is equal rights. We believe in equal rights for the unborn. Therefore, equal rights mean equal protections. Equal protections means equal punishments for infringing upon those rights. We will win the argument because the logic is on our side. Feminism, which accounts for those 11, that 11% drop, is the result of feminism corrupting the pro-life movement. And then the person who helped pay for the abortion, we see uh, 47% drops to 43%. So we're seeing who really is pro-life. And it, sh it that should be encouraging. When I found out that 14% of people actually believe that the woman who murders her own child should go to jail, that's actually pretty encouraging for a Christian to hear. 14% of people believe that. I would have I thought 5%. 14% is nearly three times as many that I thought would, would have agreed with me on that. So I'm a much larger position than I give it credit for. But we're also the majority of the pro-life movement. That is the kicker here. Compromise today is trying to paint pro-lifers that believe in actual accountability as a minority, a fringe minority in their own movement. But we are not. We are the majority of the pro-life movement. We are not reflected in the institutions, but we are reflected in the polling data and we are reflected in the trolling and the internet discourse, I believe. Um, and we will win because we have scripture on our side. We have God on our side. And once we start having these debates, we will win because their arguments hold no water. So that's all I got to say about that. My name is Ray. Be encouraged by this. Have a blessed day. I will catch you on the next one.